0: Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth, and I got some scary, scary stuff for you today. (laughs) All right, man, how is everybody? How's all the chickadees and guys and gals doing out there, man? Hope you're having a spooky time. Telling some good old stories about the old campfire. <laughs> oh, well, hope everybody everybody has been having a very, very good week. <sniffs> hope you've uh, seen some scary movies. Heard some scary stories. And uh, just hope you've had a good, good week in general. Hope all is going well. It's going well over here in the old La Booth house. We're doing great. Just want to say thank you to everybody who listens every week, all the time, and all the faithful listeners. Just want to say hoorah! Thank you very, very much, ma'am, for all the uh, followers I keep getting and all the downloads. And don't forget, you can get this episode, this, uh podcast, on any freaking platform. Pretty much now, I think I've got it up pretty much out everywhere. Our YouTube channel—it's uh, up, been going good. So y'all keep going there. And uh, don't forget, we got the Facebook page too Ghost Stories Told from the South. Well, we got all that done. But before I go too quick, I still wanted to say, really, seriously, thank you, thank you to everybody very, very much. It means a lot to a little old lad like me. But, yep, just want to say thank you. Well, we got some good stuff today. Still doing some prisons. We got three of them to do, to do today, so it's not going to be a very long episode, but it's going to be a pretty good one, I think. We got the Wyoming Territorial Prison to go after. Then we're going to do the Pottawan- the Pottawantami Squirrel Cage Jail. Then we're going to do the uh, Lake County Jail. So, I guess if you... Uh, Guys and girls are ready for some scary, scary stories. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and turn the light down? Get you some hot coffee, or some uh, cocoa, get you that nice blanket, get you turn all the lights off and snuggle up and get ready to get scared. Strap in and let's have some fun telling some skilly, skilly stories. (laughs) Okay, our first story is the Wyoming the Wyoming Territorial Prison in Lorraine Wyoming the Wyoming Territorial Prison was built in 1872 and uh, and stated and stated out as a uh, small Faculty with forty-two cells, separate across from uh, each other on three floors. Each cell was tiny, but in in times of overcrowding, there were often two inmate two inmates per cell <coughs> in rooms barely large enough to uh, large enough for one. That was a problem back then. They built these prisons. Small when they first built them, and then they started getting over overpopulated, and they'd stick two in a cell. Pretty cramped, so imagine being in like your bathroom and sticking a bunk bed in there. That's pretty much it. You don't have any space or nothing. your roommates right there. uh where was I at okay the The prison housed a variety of criminals. But no capital offenders, and there were no exceptions. Oh, there was no um, planned escapes staged here. I guess the one who ever tried to break out of the prison is what they're saying. In 1889, the prison was expanded to the double, to double the number of cells, and as additional faculties included a chapel and a dining room. And in nineteen oh three the prison was closed, converted into a archulot or-, or yeah. An or- textual experimented experiment station. Whatever the frick that means. I got no idea. <coughs> but it is now a museum in State Park not to mention one of the most haunted places in Wyoming. One of the most uh, prevalent spirits haunting the prison is said to be the ghost of Julius Grinwilch, a convicted murderer who ran a... <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me about that. Mm. Ah, He was a convicted murderer who ran a uh, cigar-making operation from the prison. What does that say? Oh, he. He seems to be uh, mischievous, but a a harmless spirit, who likes to hide workmen's uh, tools, especially if they are making too much noise. Sorry if you hear me rattling my paperwork. He also appeared to people who were napping when they should be working. His appearance is almost always accompanied by the scent of of cigar smoke. Well, that makes sense if he was running a uh, little cigar operation out of his uh, cell. And here's some more stuff I got on the uh, prison the Wyoming Territorial Prison State Historical Site is one of the oldest buildings in Wyoming, built in Larama. Oh, anyways, the Ram- built in Larama in 1872, and still and still intact with its original two feet thick walls and hand quarried limestone. With red, uh, with red, with red sun, with red sunstone trim. It then began it then became a federal penitentiary from eighteen seventy two to eighteen ninety. The buildings were then, well, the buildings would then serve as a state prison from then until nineteen o one. Then it became. An agricultural cultural experimentation station until the late seventies, and then in nineteen ninety one, the faculty was re- was restored to it restored to its historical site, where it is now listed on the National Register Register of Historical Sites as the Union Pacific Train, and Unsuing settlers moved into the area, the clash between outlaws and lawmen resulted in the building of the u s penitentiary where the Auburn prison system was adopted, enforcing prisoners to work and fund the prison be uh, be silent at all times, wear black and white striped uniforms, replace their names with numbers and move uh, and move. About the prison in uh, in locksteps, which means uh, what I I think what they're talking about the locksteps, they're the chains they'd have on their around their ankles. You know, I think that's what they're trying to say there. I think, (sighs) while not as wildly publicized as a haunted prison in the cowboy state. A visitation from the Colorado Paranormal FBI reports from uh, their visit. This is what they had to say. Excuse me. We had a blast last night at the, uh, de- at the Wyoming Territorial Prison. At one point, we had one of our open equipment cases closed by itself. Guess they, uh, they uh, didn't want us, at, want us around there. That'd be pretty creepy sitting there in one of your uh, equipment cases, close. The most popular in- inmate to ever have served is Robert Lero- Leroy Parker, otherwise known as the infamous Butch Cassidy, inmate 187. Arrested for stealing horses in Larader, oh, in uh, Lander, Wyoming, as George Cassidy, where he served 18 months of his 2-year sentence for grand uh, larceny. Ironically, he received a full prison bar- uh, pardon from the uh, governor for a uh, good behavior. And in 1896 when he went up, when he went on oh, and in uh 1896 when he went on to from the uh, oh he went on from there to create to get back the uh, or to create the wild bunch gang and they became legend and then he became the legendary Butch Cassidy. The Wyoming Territorial Prison would be the only uh, prison to ever hold Butch Cassidy. Yeah, cuz he got gunned or shot after that when he was on the run. I think uh Butch Cassidy cuz didn't he run with the Sundance Kid? I believe they got a kind of a weird story I think they died um, somewhere in South America, I believe. But anyways, um, where was I? Okay, the most uh, widely known ghost at the territorial prison is Julius Grintwich, inmate 338. After landing himself in prison for murder, for murdering his wife, damn, who was working at his uh, favorite brothel, Oh, my. Wait a minute. Let me rewind that. Okay. He, after landing himself from prison for murdering his wife, who was working at his favorite brothel. Okay. Number one, if you kiddos or anybody don't know what a brothel is, that's where uh, adults go to have fun. And you adults will get this when I say it. Number one If he was married, why was he going to a brothel and why was she working at one? I can't believe that he met his wife or he caught his wife working at his favorite brothel. Number one, what are you doing cheating on your wife? And number two, what the hell is she doing there? That's crazy. That's why I had to stop and rewind that. Because you know how my reading sometimes sucks ass? I just had to go back and make sure I read that right. But yeah, that was right. Okay, for murdering his wife who was working at his favorite brothel. Jesus. Greenwich was uh, sentenced to life. Here, here he uh, convinced prisoner, prison officials into letting him set up a c- cigar-making enterprise. Before dying in 1901, uh, still to this day, people say you can uh, see his spirit around there. And, of course, he can smell cigarette smoke when he's around. Well, he sounds like a good ghost, though. He don't sound like one that, you know, be fucking with you and shit. All right, I'm going to do my two short ones first. And then I'm going to do my long one last. My next one is... Well, let's see. Let me get my notes. The Old Lake County Jail in crown point indiana <clears throat> in 1840 crown point was established as the county as the county seat of lake of lake county indiana a frame courthouse was built in 1849 on clark street the building contained a courtroom, jury room, and a sheriff's room. And in 1851, a small wooden jail with heavy wooden cross uh, planking and cells and seals defined by sheets of iron was added. The town and country developed rapidly in the next thirty years, and a new brick in stone courthouse was erected in eighteen seventy eight at the inner at the inner section of Main and Gillette Streets. The first permitted sheriff's residence and adjoining jail was built in eighteen eighty two at its present location. Twenty two South Main Street at the cost of $24,000. The jail measured 36 by 48 and contained six steel cells for uh, for males or oh, let me take that back, six steel cells for males and four for females and stronger uh, steel couriers. As the local population grew a large a large jail was needed. Around 1908, the jail was replaced with a large structure, and in 1928, another addition was made that extended the length of the jail through the block to East Street. The combined residence and jail included all the faculties necessaries for its purpose as a law enforcement institution located within the uh, within the walls were the families living areas the warden's residence department offices 150 cells maximum security accommodations industrial uh, kitchen food storage heating cooling systems barber shops or right, a barber shop and a garage. The Crown Point Jail was uh, considered to be one of the finest Indiana, the fi- the finest in, in in Indiana. That's a tongue twister. Say in and then in Indiana, and uh, Indiana, and thought to be the escape thought to be escape proof. However, on March third, nineteen thirty four, gangster John, uh, John Dillinger. Proved to be the uh, proved to be otherwise when he made his daring escape. Dillinger was arrested in uh, oh in Tucson, Arizona, in January of of that year, for a bank robbery in East Chicago. Uh, in East Chicago, that resulted in the death of Detective William Patrick O'Malley. He was ext- uh, he was extradited to to Indiana on January 28th and placed in the Lake County Jail in Crown Point. Legend has it that Dillinger carved a gun from a piece of a uh, wooden washboard. Others say he others say. He acquired a real gun and forced a trustee and others to lock up 14 jailers, including the warden and a fingerprint expert. With a uh, fellow prisoner and two hostages, he made his escape over the state line into, into Illinois. The hostage was released unharmed. Unfortunately, the escape did not do much to help the career of the state's uh, attorney. I hate it when they abbreviate that stuff. Uh, where was it? The state's attorney or Sheriff's little Holly, who had taken on the position after the murder of her husband, the former sheriff, uh, sheriff. Dillinger embraced her by driving off in her car. Oh, embarrassed her by driving off in her car. Until 1959, state law required Indiana sheriffs to reside in a house adjoining the jail. But once the requirement was lifted, the sheriffs didn't do that anymore. Then, in 1974, the current county government complex was uh, completed on North Main Street on Crown Point, and the sheriff's office now, to the, sheriff's office, moves to has moved its faculty to. During the late 1970s, some areas of the old residence and jail were used for retail purposes as part of a commercial complex. After they closed, the buildings remained unoccupied until 1987. Interested in restoring the faculty grew, and the Old Sheriff's House Foundation, Incorporated was founded the next year. The Old Sheriff's uh, House and Jail was placed on the National Registration of Historical Places in 1989, and the property was acquired in 1990, and restoration plans began. As, restor- as restoration as restoration has continued over the last two decades stories have emerged about a haunting at the jail apparitions have been seen in cells and corridors strange photographs have been taken doors open and by themselves lights turn on and off this this uh, bottled uh, this bottled footsteps, and voices has have often been reported by volunteers and visitors. So, if you're from that area and ever check that place out, tell me about it. It sounds pretty cool. That's why I like prisons, because a lot of these places are like a hundred years old. Excuse me, and you got to figure they had a lot of people come through them uh, doors and through them uh, old buildings. And you know a lot of death happened there. There's a lot of unexplained stuff that unexplained stuff that happened there. There's you don't know really what happened there because back then and still today, their your prisons and your jails are pretty much. Your, I know your prisons are away from everybody. They're out in the boondocks. Dun, 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 dun. Um, but yeah. So I just like the history of them, and I know there's a lot of history behind them jails, and they got so much stuff you know that happened there that. Spirits are still stuck there, you know, so, yeah, crazy, crazy. All right, guys, we're going to take our last commercial break. Or, this is our first one and our last one because we haven't taken one yet. But I'll be right back and uh, we'll do our next story and it's going to be a pretty long one. So I hope you're prepared. You ever look up at the sky at night and look at the stars and wonder... Are we the only ones really out here? Have you ever wondered how much our government hides from us? Have you ever wondered? Why so many mysteries go unsolved? What really happens? What's the clues? What's the evidence? Ever wonder if Bigfoot or Mothman is real? Then if so, come listen to this podcast called What's Really Really out really, really Out There? And I am your host. Stephanie Booth and, and I am my your father. co-host Stephen Booth Hafaja. and if you're into UFOs, Unsolved, urban le- murders, unsolved mysteries. murders, mysteries, uh, unexplained stuff that happened, urban legends, we're into all of that. Conspiracy stuff too. We go dive into that so if you're looking for a new Podcast that tells that kind of stuff, then you're uh need to listen to what's,
1: what's really, really out, out there?
0: there. And we are on Spotify and iHeart and Pandora, I think. But we are pretty much on every platform. Mm-hmm. We have a YouTube channel too, or channel. So go check that out. It's called What's Really Out There. So come check us out. Once again, I'm your co host, Stephen Booth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Booth, and this is what's really out there. We'll see you at the next episode, guys. Okay, welcome back, guys. Well, this is our last story. I hope you went and used the bathroom and took a pee break or something because this next one's pretty long. So I hope you're ready. This is the Potawatomi Squirrel Cage Jail in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Say that three times fast. Potawatomi Squirrel Cage Jail. Potawatomi Squirrel Cage Jail. Yeah, I'm going to get that stuck in your head. Okay, now this first part of the story is a person describing the building and all that and what they seen when they got there. Tom and I took the self-guided tour to the Squirrel Cage Jail. On our road on our road trip during the summer of two thousand twenty-one, it is quite a building with a with no waste with no wasted space. Making good use of every every square foot, this sturdy eighteen eighty-five Victorian brick building is four-story, revolving human rotary or lazy Susan. Gel looked at the looked at the back of the first three floors one of the one of three revolving jails left in the united states i don't know what revolving oh wait a minute i know what they meant i seen i was remember the pictures of this one because it was it revolved yeah yeah i remember that now just took me a minute. Well, because a lot of times I'll go and do my research a couple of days before I podcast, so I have it ready. So I probably looked at this a couple of days ago and forgot about the pictures. But anyways, now I know why it's called squirrel cage, because it's like squirrel cages. Because that's what they call them. Known as squirrel cages, the 30 cells were like pieces of pie in a circular structure made of Three tiers of cells sack, stacked on top of each other, and located un, under the fourth floor superintendent's apartment. The jail was built in the spirit of Victorian jail, where the superintendent lived in the same structure as the inmates. Each floor, each floor in this kind of jail, had one door. One door. For each tire of ten connected cells, and a crack on each floor would turn the ten cells until the one in question lined up with the door as its oh, as it at its uh, respected floor. So in other words, it would go to where your floor was, and that's crazy, huh? Today these cells no longer rotate. It would have cost wow. That's a lot of fucking money. It would have cost ten million dollars to uh, get this uh, to get the rotating to work under to work in good order again. That's a lot of damn money. Ten million dude. Woo wee. Wow. But it'd be cool to see that and see that, you know, working. I bet you could see a YouTube video on it. Uh, Okay. uh, Anyways. Many sales have not been turned for... turned uh, Many sales have not been turned for around 30 years plus. Our first... uh, Our first visit many years ago, while Tom and I could not see the inside because the squirrel cage jail museum was closed but an older man was sitting on a bench in front of the squirrel cage jail he told me with a rare full grin that he had spent some uh, time in the squirrel cage when he was a young man caught doing stupid stuff on that second visit the building was open we could walk all in walk all the way around the first f- floor of the uh, squirrel cage of the squirrel cage jail cells t- uh, tier, in the ground floor space, a picture table where inmates could sit and probably see visitors and eat, was in the back of the section. You look all the way up to the third floor top tower standing in the back of the first floor cell tier cells it did not look like a great three story scroll cage the jail is pretty ugly and depressing inside <laughs> in the front of the oh in the front part of the first floor by the front door is a Foyer of sorts. Man, I swear these motherfuckers are trying to tongue tie me today, man. With central side metal stairs and or stairs that led up to the second and third floor rooms and jail cell tiers, ending at the fourth floor where the superintendent's apartments were located. The first floor had had an indu- in- induction. Oh. Okay, the first floor had an induction, induction into the uh, jail office. On the right side, a small dark closet cell for the uncooperative drunks. That's where they got stuck. Another room across the foyer now and in- Exhibit area was used in the run, the was used in the running of this jail. The first floor and the second floor cell, cell tiers were very petty crime offenders, men, women, and juveniles. Some were awaiting a hearing in court, while others were serving county time. The jail's second floor has a juvenile section located above the above the induction's uh, office. Another set of cells on the other side was for women in trouble with the law. There was uh, another there was another room for a prisoner trustee, a model prisoner who was given additional responsibilities and allowed to stay in this space. These cells for male inmates are in the back of the second floor on top of the first floor tiers of the cell, oh my God, I'm tired of this already. The first floor had an apartment for the assistant jailer, and infir in in infirmary for the jailer and in the infirmary and apartments. For the on-site doctor and cells reserved for the inmates accused of murder and other uh, pretty bad crimes. The entire fourth floor was an apartment for the superintendent and his family. The superintendent's apartment would have been a lovely place to stay and make home for everyone in the family. There were very various items. On display that must have brought great fun to great fun to family life, a piano music box, a bookcase, chairs, and a sofa to set in and to be together, and as well as as a dining room bedrooms and bathroom, there probably was a TV set and a stereo during the later years that the jail was open. In the areas located in the front part of each floor are interesting exhibits that inmates who stayed here the jailers were took care of the jailers who took care of them and many others many other interesting stories A violent criminal with the last name of Bird was held in the third floor tier tier cell for his criminal court trial in Council Bluffs courthouse after being tried and convicted he was sentenced to state prison when he was let out of when he was let out for good behavior he fled away for oh he fled away for Washington state where he killed a mother and daughter with an axe in Tacoma, he was caught convicted and he was sent to die on death row in Washington State uh, penitentiary, Penitentiary in Walla Walla. A traveling clown by the name of Richard Wilson was often brought to the jail for his own protection where he also enjoyed a hot meal and a bed to sleep in. He was also known as the uh, Clown King and was once elected in a clown gathering in Iowa. Okay. Well, I don't know why they told me about the fucking clown because he didn't really do shit besides come in when he was fucking drunk. All right, guys. We still got more. I ain't done yet, mama. Oh lordy. Okay. <clears throat> After the mortgage for the uh local Catholic church was uh torn down on the on its parcel of land, so apparently where it's uh, jail was built. There was a church there before it. They bought the land, tore the church down. The jail was accompanied by guests of the county constantly continuously from 1884 until 1969. For 85 years, the superintendent, J.M. Carter, and his family and other superintendents who followed lived at their workplaces, which was the custom in the 19th and 20th centuries in the early uh, days in the early days the hardened criminals and killers awaited their execution they were locked up here in the third floor tier cells according to the to the uh, free info card which is available when you go visit the museum the last two men hung in, I- hung in Iowa spent their final hours in its fact in its uh, building. The chore of holding dead man walking, and hardened, violated criminals was later was later passed on to uh, full-blown prisons. It is uh, in its heyday the holding cells. For the defenders awaiting trial at the uh, council Bluffs Criminal Court Building, and a place to put a man, woman, and juvenile delinquents who were uh, serving county time for various less serious charges. After it closed for good in 1969, the structure was structure was bought. Excuse me. In 1971, by the Council Bluffs Parks Board of uh, Preservation, they did all the right things in the timely manner to ensure that this building would be protected and spared from the uh, fault of any of many older buildings in the 1970s and 80s. And date with the uh, basically, they did all this so they wouldn't get it tore down. The first things they did was work on getting this building put on the list for the National Registration Place. So in 1972, making it really hard to tear the building down. Another problem remained, though. Having cost $30,000 to build it in 1884, the uh, price tag must have been way too high for the council bluffs parks uh board restoration budget they sought help from the professionals who knew how to raise money for such causes so in 1977 the historical society of Pottawatomie county raised the funds needed to save the uh save and renovate the building for free, uh, future generations And in 1979, the Historical Society of the Potawatomi County bought this gorgeous building and turned it into a museum. And it has been that way ever since. Jesus. They are really trying to work on my reading tonight, aren't they? They just... But I did do some... uh... When I was copying this for the Today Show, I was looking at some of the stuff, and I'm like, wow, got some good stuff to talk about tonight. Apparently, this museum is still a jail for spirits, made complete with two spiritual superintendents supervising everyone dead or alive. (coughs) Jails and prisons are notoriously known to be haunted. Because of the stress of captivity in a small, depressing, unfortunate, unforgettable cell. And as and as a result from and a result of the suffering, drama and death which can happen and happens naturally or unnaturally in such an unpleasurable place of convict confinement. Okay, what do we got here? Oh no. I didn't want to see this. What's this? Who died at the hands of other killed themselves. Okay. Let me see where I'm at here. I'm kinda lost. Okay, where am I? Well, I don't know why I did that. Anyways, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I just had to look at my notes. I had them all scattered and I thought I had them straightened up. Okay, here's some of the manifestations that do happen there. A female child spirit. This could be a woman who wanted to be seen as a little girl or an actual little girl who was caught committing pit, uh, petty crime in the late 1890s or 1900s. Let me switch my glasses real quick. I have got to put my bifocals on. Yeah, and all that's reading, if I don't put them on now, I get like a major headache. And then I start seeing ghosts. And then I get scared. Okay, where was I? A woman working on a project in the building was uh, was startled to see a spirit of a sad little girl dressed in gray sitting in one of the cells, probably in the juvenile cells unavailable to the living. Visitors have left unseen that visitors have felt an unseen presence tugging on their clothes like a child would do. The head uh, docent told me that one day one of their one of their earrings suddenly went missing. She found it on she found it on the sink in the bathroom the next day. She has heard the music box on the fourth floor apartment turn itself on. And items in the museum haven't moved to odd places. So she's a mischief, mischief mischiefy little girl. Now, this next one's called negative feelings. This is uh, what a lot of people feel when they are in the building. Feeling of depression, sadness, uh, sadness radiating from various cells. Oh, okay. Feeling of depression and sadness radi- radiating from various, ver- various cells. A sad unseen presence still doing their county time are felt by sensitive people and uh, mediums. Here's the next one entitled, it's the same, talking about the same place, this is just different, a ghost and stuff you experience there. This one is the spirit of two supervisors. There were two, uh, there are two candidates for what supervisors is haunting the jail. Though it seems that both are in 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 the residence, the paranormal activity happens outside the cell area, in the hallways, especially in the fourth floor apartment. It's thought to be caused by either or both of these restless, these relentless entities. In the late 1950s, when Bill Foster became the new superintendent, he experienced enough paranormal activity to realize that the former occupants of the fourth-floor apartment were still uh, still existing there, despite, be, despite being deceased. He chose to uh, bug on the uh, bunk on the second floor instead. The spirit of MJ Carter. The entity of the first superintendent, MJ Carter, is thought, to, thought by some to be the reckless, intense spirit who never gave up his uh, position. The spirit has hung around checking up on jailers and prisoners alike. Over the years, that is the building's. or the building was a jail. Yeah, makes sense. You know, he was a guard there probably or you know the superintendent so makes sense he's still making his rounds other living uh, super superintendents know that they had a oh other living superintendents knew that they had a spectacular manager making sure that they did a good job in in Carter's jails, apparently he apparently he has assigned himself the job of watching the living as well as still looking after these after these spirits still still uh, doing time. The spirit of Otto Gudath. Excuse me. He was a superintendent at the Squirrel Cage Jail from 1941 to 1958. A full-bodied apparition of Otto was seen by witness witness on the fourth floor. He apparently is also keeping one eye on the living and the other spirits who are still serving time. Here's another one. The Dynamic Duel these two entities have perhaps teamed up in their afterlife retirement years. Visitors and remaining spirits are well supervised indeed. Though dim to be friendly and cordial, this precious still supervisor, uh, the of the museum staff perhaps looking over the shoulders of the staff to see their progress as they as they run the museum ongoing activity needless to say spiritual superintendents follow the the living around uh, follow the living around the third floor and fourth floor keeping a close eye on visitors doors have opened and closed by themselves as they go about their business the main docket told me that the told me that she hears footsteps in the uh, juvenile detention cells just above the office staff and volunteers have heard footsteps voices whispers and doors moving uh cat slaughter, the HSPS Museum's manager says some have seen dark shadows move across these stairs or past doorways. Ooh. Well, I thought this was gonna be a short one. I just got three stories, but it's the last one right here. I'm telling you, it's a long mother-lover. All right, paranormal findings. Past and present staff volunteers and visitors to this interesting museum have had boatloads of personal experiences. The full sports package, as mentioned above under the Manifestation section the Joe has received national attention about its hauntings with the spots on the travel channels and uh, other uh, channels an early group to investigate was the coral area coral area paranormal team who did the uh, investigation of the uh, jail in 2008 and came to the conclusion that there is enough evidence to suggest that this building is haunted. They did a more in-depth investigation of the jail later and found even more evidence. Interestingly, they found unexplained lights and unusual sounds in the infirmatory uh, audio evidence was found. Paranormal activity in the cells has been caught as well. About 25 to 30 orbs caught on film inside the cell area. These orbs corresponded to electromatic spikes on special meters, and also the also the abnormal temperature and uh, temperature range that means the temperature kept going up and down up and down uh, psychic investigations by mediums and psychics have felt great sadness from the presence inside these cells well yeah these motherfuckers were in prison dude they weren't going nowhere how'd you want them to have a freaking positive look on life give me a break um and uh let's see Paranormal activity witnessed in the fourth floor apartment, a hotspot. The uh, paranormal group who investigated the jail are never disappointed here as there is always recorded activity. All right, man. So this one's got everything. That last story had everything from the ghost tugging stuff on you, moving stuff on you just fucking with you, man, that, that would be kind of crazy, like I said, I've had some like small paranormal experiences, but they kind of scared me, I couldn't imagine if I found something like that, or heard voices like that, I mean, I've heard voices, but thank goodness they've been kind of nice voices, I haven't heard anything like, "Ah, I'd probably crap my pants, but. I hope you all enjoyed tonight. Sorry I only had three stories, but uh I knew I could get along uh make a good show with them three. But uh I'm going to finish up probably um uh, this season with uh Prisons and then I'm going to start kicking around some ideas for um um springtime coming up, so I'll I'll find something or go back to just doing the regular shit, I don't know. But we'll find something groovy guys i hope you enjoyed tonight hope you enjoyed my uh, stories i hope they didn't scare you too bad but you guys thank you thank you thank you so much you guys are really a uh, bunch of great fans man just want to say thank you you can catch this podcast on any of the platforms where you can find podcasts just look up ghost stories told from the south and go to the Facebook and go look us up there too, guys. And hey, if y'all got stories to tell me, hit me up on Facebook. Tell me about them. Be good, man. And y'all give me some, uh, keep giving me some of them five star reviews and give me some reviews on some more good reviews on, on Spotify, guys. I'd appreciate it. But just want to say thank you, guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. Be scary and uh, just don't scare yourself too bad. That's all i got to say. But we'll see you next time. This has been Stephen Lebooth for a ghost story stored from the South.